It's four o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to Calvary Live on this Tuesday and so blessed to be with you for the next hour. I am Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here in Northern Colorado, and I am ready to take your questions, maybe questions that you have uh, that your Bible reading has brought up. I will do my best to point you to the truth of God's Word, to bring some clarity and understanding. Maybe you got questions about Christian living or maybe current events. How does that affect us as Christians? And then also I'm here to take your prayer requests and we'd love to pray with you. We all need prayer. And so I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, uh, 101.7 in Southern Colorado, and then 89.7 from Castle Rock up into Southern Wyoming. And so, so glad that you can join us on today's program. I also want to welcome all the Hope FM uh, listeners on the East Coast. Even though you're a week delayed, you can call at the number uh, that was just given to you at 303-690-3000 for you to be on air. And I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, the Word of God, to be able to pray with you. And that's what this program is all about, to encourage you, to point you to truth, to be able to pray with you and minister to you um, in a way that uh, will bring comfort and edification and exhortation to you. So give me a call. Lines are open at this time. 303-690-3000. Love to talk with you. And there is a text line as well. If you can text safely, do that at 720-336-0897. Again, 720-336-0897. We will take those text questions as time permits us to do that. And some of you text in some very great questions or perhaps you have some prayer requests as well. You know, I was thinking today as we've entered into August that school is going to begin for uh, some students, perhaps even this week, I think, that uh, in our listening area that there are some schools that have already begun. Uh, Students are going to be heading back to the university and colleges, and I have a a daughter that she's uh, was just texting me before we went on the air, wondering if there's any boxes around because she's getting ready uh, to go back to uh, college and uh, kind of packing everything up. And she's going to be leaving in another week here. And so I want to just take some time out to encourage uh, all those who are going back. And um, and I just want to be able to uh, give you uh, um, some scripture that I pray Uh, that will help you remind you of staying the course and staying firm in the Lord. Uh, As you go back to school, whether uh, you're uh, in middle school, high school, and the universities, uh, there uh, are those things that will come against your faith. And what my prayer is is that you will stand fast and stand firm in the things of the Lord, the truth of the Lord. And I was reminded of what Paul was writing to Timothy. The Lord has put uh, those epistles of First and Second Timothy uh, on my heart a lot the last few days because we are getting ready to do a series on Wednesday night starting tomorrow, a standing firm in these last days. 
And it was Paul that wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So Paul says that in the last days, in the latter times, those days at which we are living in, that there's going to be those given over to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And Paul goes on to exhort young Timothy. He says, but reject profane and old uh, wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. And let no one despise your youth, but you be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So I just want to take a moment, I want to pray with uh, you who are going back to school, you parents, grandparents, to encourage your kids to continue on in the things of the Lord, in living for the Lord, to be an example to others, and to continue um, in the doctrine, in the truth of God's Word that you have been taught. So Father, as Uh, students that are going to be heading back, uh, some of them are already probably back. I pray that we as parents and grandparents, uncles and aunts, uh, whoever, that uh, those students uh, that we are linked to, maybe a a Sunday school teacher, maybe a youth leader, uh, maybe a friend, a coach, that we would encourage them to continue on in the truth of God's Word, to stand firm and to come alongside of them and support them. I pray for strength. I pray that uh, you would bless them in the classroom, uh, in their studies. But Lord, more than anything, that they would stand firm in you. And I pray that they would give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, that they would continue on in their devotions and growing in you and your word. And Lord, that you would help them to stand fast in the faith, Lord. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 303-690-3000. Let's go to line one to Erica. Erica? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. Hi. Um, I've recently um, been a a little blindsided um, with my my home life. Um, Okay. My husband has decided to um, leave me. I'm so sorry Uh, to hear that. I am too. (laughs) Um, And my focus is just running to the arms of the Lord. Just running to Him. (laughs) And um, so what I'm struggling with is um, where I'm trying to fight against the enemy and what he is um, trying to, you know, I'm trying to take my thoughts captive right now. And I just recently found this out about, a, um, I don't know, a week ago. So, mm-hmm. or a little more. And I think I'm trying, to, uh, and, you know, I asked the Lord what I wanted, uh, what he wanted to show me during this time. Uh, and, and I'm very aware of my part in it. Um, and, and I'm constantly working on bridling my tongue. Um, mm-hmm. and I just, it was something that I think the enemy has, uh, 
um, yeah. used against me. Um, he's, but he's the yeah, he's the accuser of the brethren, and he's going to beat you up on this as much as he can. So, um, where I'm, um, also, uh, a little, um, I need some count, a little counsel is where, um, what do I say? Who do I say it to? Who, you know, family or friends, or I'm just kind of like, wow, Lord, um, (laughs) you're showing me that I, I need to have your wisdom. So, Right. Who, and, who's coming to my head? Who's coming to my mind right now? Or, right. And, yeah, go ahead, Erica. And then, you know, I want to give you some um, some advice, and I want to give you some scripture to just be able to help you. So um, okay. but right now you're, you're in a place where your husband wants to leave, and you're hurting right now, and you're confused right now. And let me ask you this. Is there... Um, any chance that he would want counseling or open to it? Um, well, we have had that before, and he says that it didn't work. Okay. <laughs> I don't agree because, well, we didn't necessarily apply it. We applied it for a little season, and then it didn't change. Right. There is, There are things, and there is sin. There is a major mm-hmm. sin. And so I just... There's probably too many people that I know that I just prefer not to say. Um, no, we don't to the radio. Yeah, we don't want to get into details. The Lord knows the details. And Erica, right. one of the things that where I want to encourage you now is you're in a place of prayer. You're in a place of 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 like you said, calling out to the Lord. And do you belong to a church? If you do, to to be able to talk to your pastor, to be able to talk to the leadership and to surround yourself with support as much as you can. And um, I don't know all your details. I don't know all your situation, but you need godly people in your life to come alongside and pray with you, um, to come alongside and uh, to weep with those who weep, and um, to be able to uh, hopefully just uh, to pray for your husband as well. And um, that's what we want to do. And that's where you're at right now. And it's going to be a long process. It's going to be a hard process as you're waiting on the Lord. But I want to read to you from Psalm 61 that David, when he didn't know what was going to happen, he was uh, in a very difficult situation. It really concerned his family uh, in a different way uh, than what you're experiencing. But he says, Hear my cry, O God, and attend to my prayer. And from the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. And lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. And I will abide in your tabernacle forever. And I will trust in the shelter of your wings. And that's really where you're at right now. You probably feel like, just as David was out in the wilderness, that he was at the end of his world. And you're feeling that as well. And he says, I'm going to abide in your tabernacle forever. I'm going to trust in the shelter of your wings. And you be in a place where you're praying, you're giving this to the Lord, you're drawing close to Him, and finding the comfort that you need from Him. And uh, you're going to see that as you do, um, that the Lord is going to begin to minister to you, and you keep praying for your husband, for that healing and reconciliation, and uh, for uh, there to be a coming together and, and clarity and understanding. And that's what we're going to pray. And repentance, because you mentioned the sin that is involved 
and uh, there be true repentance, and God can still do that work. So that's what we want to do. Yeah. We want to just be able to pray with you. Do you have that support system? Well, I mean, to a point, I think that I've been okay. the support system for many, and now it's I'm like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. the um, the roles turned. So what? I need well, it. What? Uh, yeah, you do need it right now, because right now um, you're going to need to be poured into and to gather yourself around some good, godly Christian women, um, good, godly advice uh, from uh, a pastor from a church to just help you. So let me pray with you, Erica. As Father, um, she needs direction. She needs counsel. She needs encouragement. And Lord, I pray that she would find that uh, wherever she's at, that there's a local church that, um, if she doesn't already belong, that she can go to and receive um, the instruction of the Word of God, uh, the comfort of the saints, to surround herself with um, some support. And, Lord, we do pray for her situation. Her marriage, uh, according to her husband, uh, is going to be over. But, Lord, I pray that you would work a miracle. I pray that you would minister to his heart where he's at, that there be uh, repentance, that there be um, healing, that there be restoring of this marriage, Lord. I pray that you would work in a mighty way, and Lord, that you would um, show yourself strong on their behalf, and that you give Erica the strength that she needs, the comfort that she needs, and the wisdom that she needs as she waits on you in this very difficult situation. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Erica, I'm, I'm... I'm going to continue to pray for you and with you, and um, and so you look to the Lord, okay, and uh, get that support that you need in this time uh, for those that really be able to spend time with you. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. You bet, Erica. Bye bye. All right. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. If you need prayer, and and sometimes. Um, is people call in and you just um, the situation is so overwhelming and so daunting that uh, we just want to pray for you and we want to minister to you in that way and give you some scripture and, and know that the Lord hears you and the Lord desires uh, to work on your behalf and and so if you need prayer call in and we'll be happy to do that but let's go to Caesar in Denver Caesar hi how are you I'm doing pretty good, just uh, hurting for Erica. Um, my question is, when uh, the angel of the Lord went to Joseph and asked him, told him, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, mm-hmm. why would he Why would he be need to be afraid? Well, I think on a couple things. Um, the And I believe you're quoting from, let me find it, Matthew chapter 1, right? And when Mary became pregnant, uh, we know that um, Joseph uh, would be afraid in that situation. Here he had been espoused to to Mary. They were in kind of that engagement period, and all of a sudden she ends up being pregnant. And can you imagine the news to Joseph uh, when she says that? And she says, I haven't known a man. And and Joseph was not only afraid for his situation, but I think he was afraid for her, because it says here, then Joseph, her husband, as um, 
well, I'll read the first part of it in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So he was afraid for her as well, because the Old Testament law was, um, you know, that anyone who committed adultery, and that's what most people would be thinking, that, you know, they're not thinking of the virgin birth. Um, They're thinking that this teenager has come up pregnant, and um, so um, the law said that, you know, very serious consequences with stoning. He wants to put her away secretly. So he loved her. He's a just man. He's confused. Uh, He's trying to sort this all out. You can just imagine uh, what he's going through. And then all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Don't be afraid to take to you, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I think, second of all, that this angel, the angel isn't named, but it's most likely, very probable, that it's Gabriel. Now, Gabriel, when he shows up in the temple uh, in Luke chapter 1, and he goes to John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, that when he saw the angel, that he was very much afraid. So I think just the appearance of the angel uh, was probably pretty awesome. We know that in Luke chapter 2, that the angel of the Lord came to the shepherds out in the field. Remember, we all know the story, that with the heavenly host, that they very much were afraid. So I think just the appearance of the angel, um, and I think that in Luke chapter 2, again, the angel isn't named, but it's most likely very probable that it is, um, you know, Gabriel, because he's associated as we even see in the Old Testament, with announcements concerning the Messiah. So we know that I believe that when the angel came to Mary, that it's uh, the angel's name is given Gabriel. I think this is Gabriel, um, and Gabriel was the one out there. But I think just the appearance, you know, um, was awesome, and, and Joseph was afraid. Yeah. He wasn't expecting this. So that's, that's kind of a short answer why Joseph and, was and, afraid. And what about the other law that says... Uh, if a man thought that his wife was with him, was with somebody and he stepped out, or if he was jealous, then he would take uh, uh, earthen pot, earthen vessel, pour holy water in it, take it, take dirt from the tabernacle, sprinkle into it, into it, and then it talks about her drinking this um, bitter water. And if it, and it's supposed to, if she was guilty, it would it would sour her stomach. So I think all mm-hmm. those had to play with even that and i don't even think she was jealous because i think that he knew her that he yeah she was you know here's the thing caesar i don't she was a pretty incredible young teenager that was a godly young woman um that she's you know we we read the magnifico uh her praise when she's with child because she's going how can this be i haven't known a man and um and you're conceived of the Holy Spirit, but she begins to praise God, and and as she does that, you can see the depth of devotion and the knowledge of the Scripture. She is indeed blessed among women, and so it took a little while for them to sort this out, and um, and so Joseph, uh, being a godly man, um, wanted to protect Mary, loved her, 
and yeah. uh, and then he's told by the angel. So good question. Thank you. And um, Thank you. yeah, you bet. Thanks Thank for you. calling in. Appreciate it. All God right. Bless. Thank you. You bet. Again, as as the lines drop, we have open lines, so give me a call at 303-690-3000. And let's go to Donnie in Cheyenne. Hi, how are you doing? Good, Donnie. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I kind of got kind of three questions kind of wrapped up in one. Um, I don't know your, your stance on um, eternal security or not. My my personal conviction is is that we have eternal security when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But I was reading right. in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, and uh, it, this verse kind of makes me think a little bit as in regards to whether or not a person has that salvation eternal or if they can somehow lose it, walk away from it. When we get into um, chapter 20 or in verse 21 where it says, Not everyone who calls me their Lord will get into the kingdom of heaven. Only the ones yeah. who obey my Father in heaven will get in. On the day of judgment, will call me. Uh, many will call me by their Lord. They will say, "We we preached in your name. We and we in your name we forced out demons and worked many miracles." But I will tell them, "I will have nothing to do with you. Get out of my sight, you evil people." And then the King James version, I said, "I think it actually um, says the workers of iniquities are law in this list." So to me, when I read that, that kind of opens up my mind a little bit as to looking in towards a loss of salvation that, that somebody might be able to, because if they're saying, Lord, and the Lord, and if they're doing miracles, how are they doing miracles? How are they able to force out demons without the power of the Holy Spirit to administer and to actually do that? Um, so this verse, or these two, or these, yeah, these verses point out to me is almost if, if you can, and then in the King James translation, when it says, you workers of iniquity or lawlessness, if we're by grace, dispensation, if we're in grace and we don't do by law, can you kind of make, or kind of help clarify that for me? On those? Yeah, yeah, we can kind of walk through that just a little bit, and it's a good question because people look at that and they wonder about it because it's a heavy verse. And yeah. uh, when you said you had three questions, kind of one, I thought you were going to ask a question about the Trinity. Um, but <laughs> I believe in the Trinity, so that's not... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, um, just kind of joking, but it's yeah. a good question that you bring up, and um, I do believe in the security of the believer. And as you look at this, this is at the end of you know his Sermon on the Mount, the longest teaching that he gave, and he says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven." Many will say to me in that day, you know, have we not prophesied, done all these works in your name? And then I will declare to them, and this is where I think that you need to underline, he said, I never knew you. You remember in John's gospel that they said, what must we do to do the works of God? And what was the answer of Jesus? I think that it was that we have to accept, believe, and love, wasn't it? Yeah, believe in, believe in him whom the Father has sent. Believe in me. Right. So here what you have is you have those. He just got through knowing them uh, by saying, you shall know them by their fruits. And um, he goes on, and then he says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. You have those in the church. And one of the things that we're going to cover uh, starting tomorrow night, uh, standing firm in the last days, that Paul comes along to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter 3, some of the last words of Paul the Apostle. And he's warning Timothy. He said, in the last days will be perilous times, right? 
and he gives a description of what's going to be taking place in the last days. And what it is is really misdirected love. Instead of having a real love for God, there's a love for self. There's a love for pleasure. There's a love for um, the things of the world. But then uh, Paul goes on and he says something. He says, Timothy, watch out. That ha- there are going to be those who are going to have a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. He's saying stay away from those who come along and have this form of godliness but deny its power. The dunamis is what it means. And when you look at Romans chapter 1, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to salvation for all who believe. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 18, he talks about we come and preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness, but it is the power for those who are saved. So when it talks about that power, it's talking about regeneration. So I think the key here, when we go back to chapter 7, is there are those, particularly today, that you probably um, know this, Donnie, that there are those who possess to know Christ, they will say, Lord, but they deny the um, necessity of uh, repentance of sin, To they deny the work of the cross, the atoning work of Jesus, they'll even deny the resurrection. They have a form of godliness, right. but they deny its power. It's power to be able to change a person uh, that has come to really know him, to believe in him. And so I think that's what Jesus is saying here. Um, and they'll accept what culture is saying. They'll call uh, you know, evil good, and um, they, they'll do all this stuff. So that's what we're seeing today. I think it's interesting that Jesus says in verse 22, many. He didn't say a few, uh, but there will be those who were doing all these works, and you got to understand that Paul goes on to say in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. And also, I find it very interesting in um, just kind of connecting everything, is that Paul writes that uh, even as James and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith. Who, who is Janus and Jambres? Do you know who they are? No, I'm not familiar. Well, they're not listed in Scripture, but they resisted Moses. So if you watch the Ten Commandments, you know, Charlton Heston, uh-huh. when 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 Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, Thus says the Lord, let my people go, there was, you know, um, you know uh, Pharaoh that calls out Janus and Jambres. So it is believed that they were the magicians that came against Moses, resisted okay. Moses. So Moses had one message, and that is, Thus says the Lord, let my people go. He throws down uh, his rod, it turns into a serpent. Janus and Jambres were ones that uh, were counterfeiters. They also threw down their rods and turned into serpents, but Moses' serpent ate up their serpent, um, and then so forth. Until Moses took his rod and struck the ground and lice came up, they couldn't duplicate it. And um, so they said, this is the finger of God. We know that in the last days, there's going to be one. There's going to be the one that will come on the scene called the Antichrist. And the word Mm -hmm. Antichrist doesn't just mean uh, against Christ, but in place of Christ. 
and he's going to deceive many with lying signs and wonders. So the way that we um, filter truth is through the Word of God. It's not by miracles, because Satan is an angel of light who's a master counterfeiter, right? Right. And he's able to work miracles. So there are those of corrupt minds resisting the work of God that, you know, the message of let my people go out of Egypt um, to be freed, to come to salvation. So, um, you know, very, very important considerations in this. Um, I think that the key is I never knew you. I never had relationship with you. There was a form of godliness, but didn't know. So hopefully that helps, all right? Yep, and then, well, if we don't have time, I was just going to say, so then when they say depart, or, or that yeah. they'll depart from the faith, why don't, Donnie, what, what, why don't we take a break, and I'll pick you up as soon as we get done, all right? We'll okay, be right back. You. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. I want to welcome you back to the second half of Calvary Live. Um, so blessed to be with you. I am Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I'm always just... Um, uh, just blessed and, and privileged to be with you on Tuesdays, and no different this Tuesday. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. We have open lines, but we were talking with Donnie. We were t- he asked a very good question about uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, where not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, shall in- enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And so, Donnie, you had a couple of thoughts that you wanted to to bring out before we went to the break. Go ahead. Donnie, you there? Yeah, are you here? Donnie, you there? Yeah, you had a couple of thoughts you wanted to pass along. Go ahead. Yeah, it was just basically, I think I answered um, just based off what you said. I was looking at what you had said at the beginning of the program where um, Paul talks about and in the latter times and in the end times that they'll depart from their faith. And I guess I can apply that same um, the same thing that you applied to those scriptures to that. I guess there could be a sense of, of, of false faith, people that could believe or, or, or think they believe, but they don't have a true relationship. And they, I could see how that that could be... Um, who that audience directed towards, that that's what Paul is, is in regards to, of people that might be thinking, well, I'm saved, or I have a, a, a profession of faith, I, I confess, but they deny the power. So I guess that kind of answers what I was going to say on that. And as far as the uh, other ones, I think you made that pretty clear. That definitely stands out to me more when you said, I, n- I never knew you. Um, so that has a lot of significance for me. It, you know, it's, I never knew you begin with in the first place if I did know you. So that helps, Pastor right. Jeff, thank you. You bet, Donnie. And, you you know, that's kind of exactly what it is, because, you know, as you brought out in verse 23, those who practice lawlessness, what's a message that is in um, some of the church today is just live any way that you want. Right. Um, just do whatever you want. And, and there is no message of repentance and holiness. 
And, um, and so I, I think that pastors and Bible teachers need to make the gospel very, very clear that there is a sin problem, and that's why Jesus came and died for us, and there needs to be a turning from that sin, and there needs to be a surrender to Jesus Christ. And it isn't about religion. It isn't about um, self-focus and I'll live for myself. It's a love towards God. And yeah, do we um, live a perfect life after we come to Christ? Absolutely not. And John picks that up in his epistle, that if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And um, But it is um, a regeneration that happens, and it is not, um, it, you know, that's the wonderful thing about the gospel. It's the power to change a person's life and their heart, and, um, and as we do come to him, but it's knowing him and loving him and walking with him. None of us do that perfectly, but right. that's the key I see is I never knew you. There was no personal relationship that was there. So good question. Right. appreciate your call on that, Donnie. Yep, thank you very much, Pastor Jeff. God bless. You, you too. God bless you up there in Cheyenne and you guys up in Wyoming. It's always good to hear from you guys and um, love your state, love spending time up there. And uh, so I'm glad you're listening in. Let's go to Kendra in Colorado Springs. Kendra? Hi, Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Good. You got a question for me? I do. Um, I was listening to your last call and just talking, listening to you talk about some of the plagues in Egypt. I I started to think about um, God hardening Pharaoh's heart. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you explain what that means? Because just reading the text, it, it kind of sounds like, you know, God was doing a cruel thing, which, of course, he's not cruel. Um, he's loving and just. Can you put a little insight in that, on that for me? Yeah, um, we do read in the Scripture, um, and peop- you know, that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And people ask a lot of times, why did God do that? But, but here's the thing, that when Moses went to uh, Pharaoh, he said, thus says the Lord, let my people go. What you have multiple times is that Pharaoh hardened his heart. Um, There are a number of times that it is recorded in the book of Exodus um, that Pharaoh hardened his heart. He hardened his heart. He hardened his heart. So two considerations. One is that when it says that God hardened his heart, and God said that he would do that when he um, talked to Moses, harden Pharaoh's heart. But I think that in that, in his sovereignty, he was just confirming what Pharaoh had already done. Pharaoh hardened his heart, he hardened his heart, he hardened his heart, and then it says that that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So God, in his foreknowledge, you know, knew that Pharaoh would harden his heart. So he was confirming what Pharaoh had already done. It doesn't relieve Pharaoh of his responsibilities uh, to the Lord. And he made the choice to harden his heart over and over uh, and over again. Um, We see it in Exodus chapter 7, um, verse 13, verse 22, chapter 8, verse 19. Um, He hardened his heart in Exodus chapter 8, verse 15, uh, chapter 8, verse 32. So I'm just giving you some reference how many times he hardened his heart. Right. And, And then Paul, you know, and then... Um, you know, Paul comes along and he talks about vessels uh, for honor and dishonor, um, and 
um, you know, in Romans chapter 9. In Romans chapter 9, people sometimes have a difficult time with that one. But God in his sovereignty, he, one thing that he has is foreknowledge that we don't have. And uh, and he knows in his foreknowledge when somebody's going to harden their heart. And, um, and then uh, we see that uh, God hardened his heart, just confirming what he did. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, that does help. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm hoping to watch um, the Ten Commandments soon and w- watching that whole Exodus story. And um, my husband is a newer believer, so I kind of want to, I knew, I know that's going to be a question he has. So I, I wanted to kind of get a jump on it a little bit. So thank you. You are welcome on that. And um, and so you, you you can look at that and you know, that none should perish, but all come into repentance. So you have the sovereignty of God on one side, and you have the responsibility of man on the other side. Both are true. And um, But one thing that God does have that we don't have, and that's foreknowledge, uh, that plays into the sovereignty of God. So, and, um, so anyway, thanks for calling in. Good question. It's always one that uh, people ponder about and wonder about. And uh, so I appreciate your call. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. Have a great day. You too. God bless you. All right, 303-690-3000. Would love to talk with you. We got a call from the East Coast, from those listening in on Hope FM, from Melody in Baltimore. Melody? How are you today, Pastor? Good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I love listening to your program, and I enjoy it so much. Thank you. I have a question regarding um, the Nazarite file. And also, uh, I guess the side question involved with it is um, uh, the Lord's Supper, because there's grape involved. Mm -hmm. What is, and um, it is for men and women, I I read, but um, the types of foods that I am to stay away from, does that include animal or meat? Yeah. Because it's so, uh, dead, dead. Don't touch right. anything dead. Right. A C- couple things. Uh, I'll try to put it together as best I know how, because you're asking about Numbers chapter 6, right? The law of the Nazarite. Yes. In the law yes. of the Nazarite, they were not to drink wine. They, I don't think, were even right. to, you know, touch grapes, touch no dead animals, and they weren't to cut their hair, right? Those three things. Right. And Correct. so Samson, Samson, of course, when you go to the book of Judges, w- was a Nazarite. And you see him mm-hmm. down there, you know, in the vineyards. You see him taking honey out of that carcass of that lion that he killed, touching a dead animal. And then he ends up mm-hmm. getting his hair cut. So that's the Nazarite vow. We go to the New Testament. You asked about, um, and, and you're really thinking, because it's, it's a good question, well, what about... You know, us as Christians, when we take communion and we usually have grape juice that we drink it from, is that something that we shouldn't do? One of the things that um, the New Testament is very clear about is that we're not under the dietary restrictions uh, of the Old Testament. So um, all foods have been declared, uh, you know, good for us to eat. Matter of fact, when I was reading Mm -hmm. from... Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, let me find it here real quick. 
Paul talks about that very thing. Uh, he talks about uh, that, I'm in Second Timothy, that, that there are those who, um, that forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain mm-hmm. from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Um, now, in the Jerusalem oh, Council, in Acts chapter 15, Melanie, you remember that yes. um, they were having this very important discussion. Should we tell the New Testament saints, that, that is the Gentile believers, um, should we tell them that they mm-hmm. have to be circumcised, right, mm-hmm. and keep the law of Moses? So that was the discussion. And what is interesting, there was a group of Pharisees that were there. It's kind of interesting to think that those main enemies of Jesus, before he's crucified, some of them got saved. They're there, and they're saying, yes, they have to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. So there was really a threat at that time of crossroads. Was Christianity just going to be another sect of Judaism? And so Peter stands up. He talks about how salvation came to the Gentiles. James stands up. But they came to the conclusion of what? They came to sustain from sexual immorality because they were coming out of paganism. And don't, you know, eat meat that's been um, offered to idols for the sake of sensitivity and love and meat that's been strangled, you know. And, And so that's the only thing that they said to do um, that they were to do, but all foods have been declared, you know, good for us. And Paul writes in Romans that the kingdom of God isn't about food, drink, uh, but about righteousness um, in the Lord. Paul writes in Colossians chapter two: Let no one judge you concerning Sabbaths, foods, festivals, things like that. So I think right. that we have something that um, you know uh, is very clear in the New Testament that we're not under those dietary laws. Um, that were in the Old Testament. Does that help? It does help. It does help. It says it's straightforward for me that, that I mean, I, I, I've read that portion where that we are, uh, all things are lawful for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that right. under grace and under this dispensation, and I, if I were in the law, you know that would be a big issue for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking to make a vow in the, the New Testament for those who pay a vow or make a vow. So I'm just trying to make sure I'm in the right or with God right. because I keep eat, keep doing a certain thing and then it just dawns on me. Well, I can't eat that. I I can't eat this. Or, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's just me setting myself apart for Him. Yeah, you know, Paul says, and that's, you know, I think you've expressed it well. Paul says, receive food with Thanksgiving. Now, I'm getting older, you know, and there are some things that I love to eat. I I can't eat anymore for health mm-hmm. reasons. These young guys here at the church, they always want to, you know, run to to some place. And I love that stuff, but I, I can't eat it. And, um, but, um, yeah, but... You know, the thing about it, when it comes to vows and stuff, Jesus said this, and I just want to encourage you. He said, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more than that, okay. you know, you don't need to do. Just love him. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't need to make rash vows and, and stuff. Now, it doesn't mean we don't ever do that. Um, but um, But just love him 
receive what you have with thanksgiving and just draw close to him and um you know there there may be some things that when we fast that um that i fast from you know certain things and foods maybe for a day because um i just want to focus on the lord so that's where my focus right. needs to be um we do um as a church there's a couple of weeks out of the year that we'll do uh fasting and prayer for mm-hmm. the week. And just, I tell the people that's between you and the Lord, but you may fast for certain meals. You may fast from certain foods. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and the whole idea though is to draw close to him and to, exactly. to, to just hear from him, denying the physical so you can uh, focus on the spiritual. So does okay. that help Melody? Uh, thank you. You are welcome. Thank you. Yeah, good question. I appreciate. Hey, I appreciate you calling from the East Coast, and and um, it's always great to hear from you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good day. God bless you. Uh huh. All right. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. And again, I want to encourage you those uh, that are on the East Coast listening to Hope FM. So glad that you can join us on Calvary Live, even though you're a week delayed. Uh, you can call that number and be on the air, just as Melody did from Baltimore. And it's so good to hear from you guys and such a blessing. And so keep the calls coming in. Love that you guys can join us uh, during the week, during Calvary Live. Let's go to Shirley in Fort Collins. Hi. I'm Shirley. Hi, Shirley. How are uh, you today? I discovered your pro- your station just uh, recently. Oh, good. I, I hope you're blessed. I really enjoy it. Good, good. Super. One thing, Keep listening. One thing was said one day, and I can't tell you who or when, mm-hmm. uh, about false teaching. And they named some of the things that were going on today. Okay. And they named the name a pastor that I think is wonderful. And uh, I just, I was blown away to, to hear that. Uh, so I don't know if if you can give me any clarity with that or not. I need to tell you the name, right? Well, here's the thing, um, because there's a lot of names that are out there and a lot of names that get thrown around. And, um, the, the monitor here has the name that, um, was mentioned and I don't know who, um, he is, uh, um, but Here's what I want to encourage you, Shirley, that everything that we hear, we need to filter through the Word of God. We need to make sure that, as John wrote in his his epistle, test the spirits to see if they are of God. So how is it that we test the spirits? Do you know? Well, I've heard him uh, speak several times. Yeah. came to this area to be part of a conference. Um, I've, I've read his books and I, I, yes, I'm one that reads with the Bible in my hand and I do look uh-huh. up. The, and so, right. uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was just amazed, um, that they would have said his name. So, yeah. And that's what you do. You, you know, when somebody throws out a name, they they need to, you know, make sure that, um, that what they're saying is, you know, there's false teaching that has taken place. Here's the other thing, Shirley, about false teachers that um, you need to be aware of. 
when they teach, a lot of times what they say is not false, but they'll mix in that deception in uh, with the teaching. And that's where they can kind of get you. And um, it's, it's kind of like um, if you had a meal out there on the table and somebody said, hey, it's all good, it's, it's a good meal, but there is a little bit of poison in there. Um, would you dare eat it? Uh, you wouldn't. So I th- I think um, as you explore it, what the claims are, what they're teaching is, is you know claiming that is false, and then filter it through what the Word of God uh, has to say, and uh, just uh, take it from there and uh, be wise and discerning because um, we know in the last days Jesus Himself said though uh, said so uh, mm-hmm. that um, it is the apostles that said that many false teachers will come on the scene. And um, so, you know, um, so anyhow, and um, so the person actually I'm just looking up um, is uh, from Bethel Church in Reading. That's right. And and what I know of him is there is a, um, there's some problems uh, with his teaching. And he's um, brought out a, um, teaching the um, new um, reform. It's, it's what it is, is just a kingdom now theology is what it is. The super apostles and prophets are going to take over the church, um, be raised up, and um, a, a kingdom now uh, theology of then we're going to usher in the kingdom of God. The problem with that is the Bible does not say that at all. Um, and the Bible um, does not hold to that doctrine. So there's some problems uh, doctrinally that comes out of, um, you know, um, the, the church and the teaching that they're embracing. And um, you need to kind of look into it further and um, make sure that, um, that you filter through what the Word of God has to say. And part of it is the Jesus culture and all that. Some of their songs are good, um, but the doctrine behind it, there's some problems with it. So it's it's more of a, I don't know the exact name, I have to take time to really look it up, but it's really just a Kingdom Now theology that has been around for a while that kind of makes its way through the Church um, every so often, and now it's making another comeback with another name, uh, New Reformation, whatever, and um, theology of of super apostles and prophets that will come and take over the church. Um, and the Bible doesn't speak of that at all. Yeah. Okay? Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. All right? Uh-huh. Bye-bye. God bless you. Uh-huh. 303-690-3000. We always want to check everything out through the Word of God. And um, they can be very charismatic. It can sound very good. Um, but the whole Kingdom Now theology, um, Sosu prayer is a part of that, where you have a mediator and all this. Um, it's not biblical, and we need to make sure that we're sorting things out through the Scriptures and through the Word of God and uh, to make sure that, um, you know, um, he, he has raised up pastors and teachers, uh, but to say that the Christian church is going to overtake the world and then we're going to usher in um, this new age or um, the second coming is not biblical. Matter of fact, we know that the Bible is very clear, and uh, one of the things that uh, 
that uh, we read that there's going to be a falling away, and surely if you're still listening, that um, some scripture that I want to give to you is that let no one deceive you by any means for that day, that is, the day of the Lord, will not come unless a falling away comes first and a man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So the Bible talks about there's going to be a false worldwide church in the last days. Again, Revelation chapter 17, there's going to be a falling away of the church. I just read to you from 1 Timothy chapter 3 that in the latter days um, that there will be those given over to doctrines of demons and um, over to uh, lies. And uh, we also know that Paul, in his last words in 2 Timothy and I'll read it to you as well, gave a warning about the last days. They said, Well, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up from themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. So you be watchful in all things. So we need to make sure that we're running everything through the truth of God's Word. And the Kingdom Now theology doctrine that comes in new packages does not fit into the truth of what God's Word has to say. So we need to be careful and sort everything through. Um, it doesn't matter how popular they are. It doesn't matter how charismatic they are. Um, but are they biblical? And are they given the truth of God's Word? So um, sometimes it's kind of hard to hear that, uh, that people that uh, listen to somebody and then they realize that they're being called out on what they teach on. But James says that we who are teachers are going to be held to a stricter judgment. Uh, we are getting close to the end of the hour. There's a uh, question that came in on text line, and I think it's a very good question in light of what we're reading in the news today. It says that in light of the news on North Korea, are they mentioned in end-time prophecy? And is the United States mentioned uh, in end-time prophecy, and where in Scripture? And it's a good question because we are reading, even today, as the news came out, that uh, some, uh, the Washington Post, I think, came out with an article that North Korea is able now to put a nuclear, a small nuclear uh, warhead on their missiles. And, of course, we've heard a lot about their ballistic missile capabilities to reach the United States. And I know that there's a lot of factors and intelligent, you know, considerations and analysis that maybe disagrees, but we do know that they are a nuclear power. They they continue to threaten the United States, and it's a threat that we need to take very, very serious. And so um, do they have this capability or not? But they are pursuing it. Uh, if they don't have it now, they're going to have it very soon. But North Korea specifically is not mentioned in uh, end-time prophecy. Um, and the United States really isn't mentioned either. There's maybe a few small references of the United States in Ezekiel 38 that maybe points to the United States, but the United States is absent. So what does that mean? We don't know what it means. Um, but we do know this. When it comes to North Korea, that they are very much allied with someone who is mentioned in end-time prophecy, and that is Iran. And matter of fact, there's some articles coming out uh, this last week that the number two man in North Korea is in Iran for the next couple weeks talking with them. And North Korea uh, very much can help Iran with their nuclear uh, ambitions 
because Iran would love to have a nuclear bomb. North Korea has them, and we know that they would love to use them against Israel and against the West as well. So um, even though uh, North Korea is not directly mentioned in end-time prophecy, they can still play a role in the things that are taking place. We know that North Korea was trying to help Syria, who also is mentioned in end-time prophecy, build a nuclear plant um, several years ago, and Israel got word of it and ended up um, doing away with that nuclear plant with a military uh, raid on that plant. But uh, Syria was working towards that with the help of North Korea. So they are very much um, in cahoots and allied with those who are mentioned in End Time Prophecy that will be coming against Israel in the last days. And so um, we need to be praying. We need to be praying for our nation. Um, these are perilous times that we are in. We need to be watching. We need to be sober. We need to be vigilant uh, because uh, one of the things that we are seeing is these things begin to come to pass. And Jesus said, when you do, look up and rejoice for our redemption draws near. And so what we're going to be doing at Calvary Chapel Greeley on Sunday is we're moving into the Olivet Discourse after this Sunday and Jesus talking about the end of time and what are the signs of the time. And so come out and join us for that on Sunday morning. Jesus is giving his last words to the nation. We will see, and then he will go and give a private briefing to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. And then also on Wednesday, come join us for the next four weeks as we are going to be uh, doing that series, Standing Firm in These Last Days, how important it is for us to do that. 7 o'clock, we have children's ministry, nursery, youth groups, it's going to be a wonderful series. Come join us starting tomorrow night for that series. God bless you. It's always a privilege to be with you. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.